0: Welcome back to Season 2 of the Love Letters to Virginia podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Pazmino. Thanks for listening.
1: Hi, I'm Heather Widener, and I am the author of the Delaney Fitzgerald series, the Jules Keen Glamping Mysteries, and the Mermaid Bay Mysteries, which come out in 2023. Hi, Heather. How are you? I am great. How are you doing this morning?
0: I'm excellent. Thank you. How's the weather over there? It is
1: insane. I think we've had like all four seasons in the last two weeks. So they kept saying, oh, you're going to get three to five to eight inches of snow. And we got about a half inch.
0: (laughs) Well, that's not too bad then. No, I think it'll be okay. I
1: think Tidewater, the coastal area, I think they're going to get slammed tonight.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's what I heard. I'm glad I'm not there right now. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I grew up there, and the,
1: you know everything just kind of shut down when there was ice and snow because it was just you know we didn't have snow plows and things like that, snow tires and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think they're finally starting to see that this is happening more regularly. They're planning ahead—that's good.
1: And my team at work—we're still working remotely, and it was really funny—the very first snow day on a Monday, they're like oh no more snow days i'm like yeah sorry you can work from home now (laughs) (laughs) no no sledding this you know you do that on your lunch hour
0: (laughs) where do you work
1: i work for virginia housing we're one of uh 50 um housing finance agencies in the country okay awesome how long have you
0: been doing that
1: doing that Ah, this is my 22nd year I started out as their tech writer and I am their quality assurance and governance manager right now. So oh, awesome. It's lots of fun. And it's an amazing place to work. We've got such a wonderful mission to help people buy houses and to stay in their houses. So
0: it, I love that. It, it's it's just a fabulous place. Excellent. So was this the job that you were able to start your creative writing career?
1: It's allowed me to do that. I started probably in the third grade. I mean, I just always wanted to write and I love mysteries. And there's just two or three horrible teenage stories and poetry in the drawer. And I don't know if they'll ever see the light of day, but uh, I do write at lunch. And then now that we have been working from home, I decided during the pandemic that I was going to take my commute time because it's about two hours total every day so i said i'm gonna write every day two hours and then on my lunch hour and it really helped i mean i'm more way more productive than i used to be
0: that's excellent so when did you feel like you had developed your voice Voice.
1: that's interesting i don't know if you ever (laughs) if you ever feel like it's always fully developed um, I was a cops kid growing up my dad was a police officer in Virginia Beach so I thought like everybody talked about murder and mayhem at the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> I was in college before I realized, some people don't talk about you know true crime at the table. I thought wow okay. so. I'd always loved mysteries. I mean, I started out with Scooby-Doo and Nancy Drew and all the 70s cartoons with the funky phantom and the groovy ghoulie and all of those, Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just became like a gateway to Agatha Christie and all the fabulous mystery writers that are out there. So I, I've always loved reading and it was just something that I want to write mysteries. I can do this. This is fabulous. So, and it is so much fun.
0: Nice. So I'm very curious because similarly to Tim Dorsey and Carl Hiaasen, your mystery novel writer from a state where you write the stories about your state, do you ever look at newspaper articles and take your ideas from there like they do? Oh, i get ideas from everywhere no one is safe I mean,
1: <laughs> conversations little bits and stories people will tell me and they're really funny now because now they'll send them to me like oh you should look at this you know this suitcase washed up on shore and it had something in it that looked very you know mysterious And i'm like oh that's perfect that's or i'll be driving down the road and i'm like you know you could throw a body over there and that would just be an interesting story or and virginia is so amazing we have such diversity with, I mean, you, I'm in the middle, I'm in, in Richmond. So okay. you can be in the city in Washington in three hours. Well, hopefully if the traffic's not horrible, uh, <laughs> then you can be in the mountains or you could be at the coast in two hours. So there's just such a variety in history and all of the food and the culture and the museums. So I love to share that. And I've always lived here. So I write where I know. So all my stories
0: are set in, somewhere in Virginia. Okay. So since you're based in Richmond, would you say that's your favorite area? Uh,
1: Pops up a lot, but my very first published story was in Virginia is for Mysteries, and it was set at Chicks Beach in um, Virginia Beach uh, next to the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. So I've done a couple in Virginia Beach. I have a new series in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's a glamping series. And so that's up near Charlottesville. And then I have a new new series that comes out next year. And that's set at a coastal town. And I kind of made it up. It's Mermaid Bay. And I set it somewhere down near Williamsburg, Yorktown, somewhere in that area.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. okay. so how many books in total have you written?
1: Let's see. I have four novellas. Four in the Delaney series, one in the vintage trailer so far, and five short stories, and then a lot of nonfiction kind of articles and things like that. So it's really exciting. I've level best purchased three for vintage trailers. So there'll be three in that series and three in the Mermaid Bay series. And hopefully there'll be some more of those. And there's another Delaney book coming out too. So they're set in central Virginia around Richmond.
0: Okay. Have you ever wanted to adapt any of your books into a movie?
1: I think that would be fascinating. I mean, that's always my dream because people will ask sometimes I'm like, who would star as Delaney or who would be your character and who would do this? And I always have, dogs in the story. So my two Jack Russells appear in some of the stories as characters, but I'm like, I don't know if they have the temperament to be in a movie. They may have to have a body double, but the stars, I started the Delaney books back in the nineties. And in my head, there were stars then. And so now I'm like, Hmm, that person will kind of have aged out of the demographic. So I have to kind of look at some of the newer stars, but whomever it would be it would need to be a Southerner and she needs red hair. So okay. <laughs> we would have to find somebody. Oh. But that's always exciting to think of. And I've talked to some other writers who have sold the rights to their books and their series. And sometimes the show or the, the movie buys the characters and they don't really buy the book. So they just want the characters for new things.
0: Right.
1: And that would be interesting to see how somebody else adapts
0: my story. Mm -hmm. I think that would be fun. Okay. So I did remember what I wanted to ask you, and that was, how was the process of getting published for the first time? It's
1: long, very long, very (laughs) long. You need to be very, very, very patient. And One of my wonderful writer friends, Mary Burton, said one time, write your next book. There's going to be a lot of downtime. And if you agonize over, did I get an email? Did I get a letter? Did I get a rejection that you just kind of spin in that mire of, oh, you know, am I good enough? So write your next book. And I agree. I mean, it's a business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not your writing. Sometimes it's not your idea. Sometimes the publisher or the agent already has a story with a ghost in a library or a knitting story or Mm -hmm. a story with a talking dog or you know I'm just making this up and and with traditional publishing you're writing almost two years in advance so you're writing what do they think will sell in two years from now wow okay and so it is very long and arduous and it's Sometimes you only have one shot, so you need to make sure that your manuscript is as ready as you can possibly make it. I mean, make sure you've had beta readers and critique partners and critique groups help you and look at it and editors and proofreaders. Because, I mean, there are lots of agents and there are lots of publishers, but you really only get that one chance to say, here I am and I'm a new author. Okay.
0: Have you worked with multiple publishers?
1: have through the years yes which that i like that because i get to see different styles and different ways people do things and i didn't know a lot about the publishing business when i first started i mean i just thought i was going to write books and get checks that's what writers do <laughs> right <laughs> No, that first contract came and it was like, you're going to do Pinterest and LinkedIn and Facebook and you need an author page and you need a website and you need a blog. And how often are you going to blog? And do you have a chat? And do you have, you know, do you take videos? And now it's TikTok and
0: and
1: Instagram. So you do have to balance this because you need to be a part of the writing world and interact with readers, but you need to write your next book too. Mm Wow.
0: So where in Virginia Beach did you grow up? I grew up in
1: Kempsville, downtown Kempsville. And I went to Virginia Wesleyan and I went to ODU for a while until I got married and moved up here. And let's see. Yeah, Kempsville High
0: School. Go Chiefs. (laughs) (laughs) So I always ask everyone the same question. How do you recognize someone from Virginia? Oh, 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 oh. Let's see. The flip flops
1: come out about 60 degrees. (laughs) Some of it is funny because I don't realize it, but my husband is from Pennsylvania, so Mm -hmm. he'll say things and I'm like, what? No, because he had uh, Virginia Smithfield ham one time Mm -hmm. and he leans over at the table and he goes, this is rancid. Why is she serving salty ham? And I'm like, honey, that's the way it is. Virginia ham is salty. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's like, something's wrong with this ham. I'm like, no, no, no. That's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> that's
0: funny. I've never known ham to not be salty.
1: Exactly. I don't, You know. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And I, we've got a mix now in Virginia, so you'll hear it. But years ago, I don't know what you call soft drinks, but it was always Coke. It was, if it was Sprite or Dr. Pepper or whatever, it was Coke mm-hmm. and it was never soda and it was no, you know, soda was bacon soda. And, um, cause people said, well, give me a pop. And I'm like, you want to what?
0: Oh yeah. Are we taking this outside or
1: something? Oh huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this? <laughs> That's funny. But there, there are some just regional Virginia dialects that, are, that are very funny that, that I don't know I mean, I never thought I had an accent until I went to college and people are like, Oh yeah, you're Southern. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I am <laughs> Well it's very it's very slight, but you're one of the only people I've had on the show where I feel like you have the true Virginia Beach accent.
1: <laughs> Yep. I grew up there my whole life. My family. Well, actually we started doing our genealogy to see, you know, where we came from because I just didn't know. My Mm -hmm. dad's side has been in Virginia Beach since 1619. So it's like, we've been here a while. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. They came over from Scotland way before because my friends kept saying, oh, did y'all come through Ellis Island? And I'm like, oh no, no, we were here. (laughs)
0: Wow, That's amazing and very rare.
1: Yeah, especially for the the beach area because I just assumed that you know they came in somewhere and migrated to Virginia but they, they that's where they landed so
0: Do you still yeah. have family at the
1: beach? I do. I've lots of cousins and yes. uncles and aunts and I miss it. I mean, I live here by the lake and it's nice and it's beautiful and the trees are great and I love the rolling hills and you can go from city to cows in 15 minutes mm-hmm. but I, there's just virginia beach I mean there's virginia beach in the summer where it's crazy and all these tourists and lights and fireworks and bands and concerts and things and it's it's more rural around here I mean things close up about nine o'clock and it's, it's a different world
0: it seems like a better place to concentrate and get work done though.
1: Yes, probably. You're right. Because I think if I were at the beach, I was more active and going out and, you know, we would just do all kinds of things and late night. Well, that's when I could stay up late nights. (laughs) You get to a certain age and it's like, nope, nope, nope. My husband will say, remember nine o'clock? We used to go out at nine o'clock. And I'm like, oh yeah, not anymore. (laughs) It happens after nine. I'm going to tape it, (laughs) record it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely the same way.
1: It's, just, it's very funny, but yeah, I do miss the ocean. There's just something about the ocean that I have to go visit it at least once a year. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's good for the soul. It's re- regenerative. It is. It is. It's... Do you have it's... anything? Oh, sorry. Oh, that, you're fine. I was just
1: thinking about all the things in Virginia Beach that they don't have here. I mean, we have seagulls here, but you know, the sandpipers and the you know, I drove around for 24 years with sand in my car. And it just, you just never got it out of your car.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So people also say that when you move from Virginia beach to Richmond, it's almost impossible to find any decent seafood. Do you eat seafood?
1: That is the funny thing. They laugh at me. I grew up at the beach. I have a favorite seafood restaurant. It's Rudy's on the inlet. Every time we go to Virginia beach, I have to go to Rudy's, but I only eat tuna scallops and shrimp and that's it i mean my husband just loves seafood and you can get it up here and there there's some there's some places but yeah it's not like at rudy's or those areas where it comes right off the boat it's there's just something about it that's fresh (laughs) okay thank you so much for your time this was so much fun to talk mystery and books in virginia and i'm a lifelong resident so i mean there's just so much here and now it's like hey we have ties to Edgar Allan Poe and if you've never been to the Poe Museum you that's you've got to go I mean it's just one place you have to visit in Richmond
0: I love the Poe Museum. I've been a couple of times.
1: Oh, it is so much fun. And every year they have the Poe birthday bash and it's freezing cold. But it's 24 hours in January and there's just anything Poe related. And I got to sign a book there one time when Virginia's for Mysteries debuted. Dr. Poe was one of his distant relatives. And I got to sign a Poe Descendants book. So that that just was like one of the highlights of my life. That's
0: awesome. Wow. That is always fun. I love you. Have to
1: come visit us in Richmond.
0: I will, and I love mystery, so I can't wait to get my hands on some more of your books.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, absolutely. And I enjoyed it, and can't wait to talk to you more about social media and the video work that you do. That's so exciting.
0: Thank you, absolutely. I'm I'm an open book, and I'm available most of the time. (laughs) That's me. If it's
1: evenings and weekends, usually. Work the day gig is a lot of people will schedule things in the middle of the week, and it's like, nope, nope, I have a day gig, and yeah.
0: it makes things complicated. I've always had a really weird schedule, so. I am by appointment only now. And that's really nice. Well, that
1: works out well. And I mean, I think as much as I would never wish a pandemic on anybody. I mean, I think it was this awful, traumatic, horrible, horrible time, but we did learn some things like, you know, I can slow down and it's okay. And you know, I can schedule things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm grateful personally. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Yes. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And just Do you have a hard time coming up with content ideas for your podcast? I find that there is nothing more embarrassing than all of a sudden being stumped in the middle of a conversation where it's like, I know I had more questions for you, but I just can't remember what they are right now. And that's why I'm trying Poddex. Poddex is the best all-in-one podcast idea generation tool. You get everything from episode ideas to interesting conversation starters for interviews, engaging discussions for your live streams, and even social media content ideas. With this tool, you don't have to spend weeks trying to come up with content for an episode or unique questions for your guests. Just shuffle the cards and pick one at random. Hit the record button and get started. Now you can make better content, have more fun while you're at it, and get your viral moment, all with Poddex. Head over to poddex.com and use code C4C.